37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. We've sprinkled some fairy dust and are hurtling towards Neverland as we review classic number 14, Peter Pan. I smiled at a crocodile, I'm Chris Fletcher. I'm a big ugly girl, I'm Lucy Rain. I'm a codfish! Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. Dramatic opening, Hugh. Thank you. <laughs> we all enjoyed it. I think he's been practicing it. Right. Yeah. Hello, everybody. We're here to talk about Peter Pan, so uh, let's get on with it, shall we, Lucy? Absolutely. Okay, straight away. Uh, this was released in 1953. It is an adaptation of a play by Sir James M. Barry, Scottish playwright and novelist. Um, it was the last film in which all nine old men worked together. Mm. Now, I'm getting a bit of deja vu because I think it was only two episodes ago on Cinderella that I said it was the first one in which they all worked together. There you go. So it must have been a very short period of yeah, time. Yeah, so it's maybe only three films that they all worked together. Mm. But I, I do believe that most of them were there for long periods of time. Other than that, maybe it's just this was the last perfect storm they got. Can I just um, can I just say that you and Lucy are sat on opposite sides of me today and it's really confusing? No, you can't. Okay, thanks. We're not sat on opposite sides, Chris. It's you who's facing backwards. Oh, come on. We're not doing Alice in Wonderland now. Please don't <laughs> do this. <laughs> um, it was entered, it being Peter Pan, the movie that we're reviewing, mm-hmm. uh, was entered into the 1953 Cannes Film Festival. Ooh. Um, and it starred some familiar friends, Bobby Driscoll, who yeah. we've discussed in Little the Bobby. past. Little Bobby. He was uh, he was on the books, as it mm. were, so he was the obvious one uh, to voice Peter Pan. And Wendy came straight off um, doing Alice in Wonderland, Catherine Beaumont, straight into voicing the part of Wendy. I thought I recognised her voice. It's a beautiful voice. It is a lovely voice of... of... Uh, she sounds a lot older than she actually is as well. She she is actually only 15. Mm. She's meant to be 12. In she this. sounds like she's in her 30s or 40s. She does. Very mature voice. I think that's what mm. you liked about it. But if you see film footage of her, um, she does actually look very young. She mm-hmm. looks appropriate for the part she's playing. I think she's just got very mature style. Yeah. Which, do you know what? The rest of my little facts and interesting things I'll poke in as we go, because we're already okay. talking about characters, aren't we? Well, can I ask a little bit of a question first, though? What's happening with Walt and his money at the moment? Because I, <laughs> I have to say, I, I don't like going an episode without finding out. You have to know, don't you? Um, they had to sign off a million what? a million dollar loss <laughs> after Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and in today's money, that's uh, £98,000. And a kidney. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they I'm not entirely sure where they are they'd broken even after Cinderella that kind of rescued the studio mm-hmm. but I'm presuming they're back in the red now oh, okay good good um, but I, I'll I'm leave relieved. you on tender hooks as to whether they stay there or not by the end of this film's oh, release I, I like it when they're in debt okay so as usual we talk about the film in terms of story animation and music and uh, I guess we'll kick off with the story 
I'll just say, uh, this is something I've not really watched properly all the way through. Interesting. And for some reason, I've never been interested in it. I've found something unappealing about it. So I was looking forward to watching it Mm -hmm. and really paying it close attention and deciding once and for all if I liked Peter Pan. Interesting. We'll find out when I score it. Yes, let's. But, I mean, what were your expectations then before you watched it? I didn't have any. You didn't have any. You didn't have a preconception about what it was about. With a wide open mind. Okay. So there's no knowing if it met or, you know, left them. What? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Moving smoothly on. (laughs) Okay. I have to say, my. um, I have seen Peter Pan before numerous times, but before I watched it the first time, and still, my overriding knowledge of it comes from the ride in the Disney parks. Okay. It comes from Tinkerbell being the character who used to light up the castle on the DVD um, ident. And it. Uh, you know, you can fly the song. It's all kind of cultural, isn't it? It's background Disney culture. It's like it's got a it's had a massive cultural impact. Mm. But I, I think the play itself has as well. I mean, my my first memory recollection of it was watching Bonnie Langford in it on on the Bramford Alhambra, and, and that that's my lasting memory of it was her as Peter Pan. Amazing. Um, and I've seen um, Brian Blessed do it in York as well with Toy Wilcox. Peter, was no, he, he Peter was, Pan? He was Hook. Of course, he was, he was Tinkerbell. Hook. Um, and <laughs> you know, so, so I've, I've seen the stage stage play many, many times, and really thoroughly enjoyed that. And I, and I know the film as well. I think he'd make a good Tinkerbell. Brian Blessed. Yeah, he just sort of go jingle, jingle, ha 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 ha, jingle, jingle, and his face just go very red as well, yeah. which would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> it's um, I mean, it's not just the original play itself and then the pantomimes and things. In the movies, it's been adapted so many times, but it's been a, people sneak up on it from different angles, don't they? Yeah. Like Hook comes from the adult Peter and Finding Neverland. One of the only Johnny Depp films I like, you'll be uh, interested to know. I've not seen it. Oh, it's excellent. Ah. Do we um, need a little sting for when she mentions Johnny Depp? <laughs> I think we might do, yeah. A little I'll do one. I think that was one. Did you hear it? Yeah. That was far too cheery for Johnny Depp. Mm, it should just be, oh, <sighs> God. Uh, um, yeah, but we're not talking about any of those. We're talking about the Disney adaptation solely. Which he- starts with, all this has happened before and it will all happen again. But this time, it happened in London. Yeah. That circles back beautifully just to give away the ending. I I teared up a little bit today when his dad said, I remember that ship. Her dad, sorry. Mm. I remember that ship. On the Blue Peter Badge of in the sky. I've seen it many years before. When I was a boy. Yeah, it made me go, oh, we've all seen that ship. Speaking of Mr. Darling, I love that they've been true to the play and use the same voice actor yes. to do Darling and Hook because yes. that's how it should be. That's like in Jumanji when Jumanji. the dad is also the actor who plays the hunter. Yes, yes. very true. Do you remember where, when you found that out, how amazed you were no I, wasn't I amazed. think I just recognised him oh Billy you, you oh, know you two I, make no, me sick I, I kind of looked at him and went oh that's probably a bit of a nod to Peter Pan that yeah <laughs> it's also like any Eddie Murphy film where he plays uh, five characters the, the best of which is obviously Bowfinger um, but that's that a, is a good, discussion for I another like time probably. got you sucker <laughs> Christmas at the what is it crumps butter it's butter um, uh, yeah um <laughs> 
cranks? No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Go on, yeah. so anyway. <laughs> no, we're getting off a bit. What did you make of it? Go on, tell us through the talk about the story then, Lucy. It, do you know what? I thought, coming straight off the back of Alice in Wonderland and how scathing I was last week about that it was all a dream, none of this really happened. In many ways, this is similar and I shouldn't mm-hmm. like it. But yeah. I do because, um, unlike Alice in Wonderland, the characters, the three children, are really learning and growing and progressing. And her coming back at the end saying, I'm ready to grow up. And the parents coming home and going, no. We're not ready for you to grow up. And that whole battle, um, internal and external, I just, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I did find during my research that he, he was in, Walt Disney was in a bit of a rush to get this done. He was very impatient to see it on screen. So rather than storyboard the whole um, movie, he would sign off on a certain scene and then they would start animating it. And you can kind of tell that with some of like the um, the Indian ones and the mermaid ones that they very much stand alone. But as a whole whole movie, I really like it, and it's because the characters are so well rounded. Well, I think for me as well, this is the first time that we've had a properly rounded story with yeah. a beginning, middle, and end. Agreed. That isn't yeah. really short and pointless. That isn't doesn't take you on a bit of a journey where it's all like in chapters like Pinocchio did. Mm. That isn't um, all about animals in a wood like Bambi is, which is fair enough because that was a proper story, but that's a bit different. And it's got real, like, it's got real thread running through it yeah. about mm. growing up and, uh, you know, being lost. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a step up suddenly. It's just a real shame that as a story, it's not dating particularly well and it is in serious need of some uh, some modernising in some of the plot points to, well, to bring it, it to an acceptable been. standard. It has, uh, it has see what been, you're saying. It has been modernised several times, hasn't it? And you can't just uh, scrap it and start again. I totally know what you're on about. The treatment of the racial, female child. Racial profiling and, uh, and uh, sexual... Um, yes. Discrimination. Discrimination, thank you, yes, yeah. is what I'm thinking of. Uh, I mean, to Wendy's, what's, to Wendy's credit, she really stands up against that. You know, when it's they not say, just Wendy, though, Squaw, go get firewood, she, she's quite indignant. Um, I hate the way Peter Pan is with her. I hate the but way But he's Peter horrible, he's not a, he's not a oh, nice no, character. He's, he's well, get not. on with it, girl! Mm. Yeah, he's a horrible character, but that's the whole point. He's supposed to learn a lesson. And I was thinking about this earlier. In Hook... If you've seen Hook, um, the what's the leader called? <laughs> what's he called? I'm going to call him Rizzo. Then that's a rat, isn't it? What's the leader of the of the Lost Boys? I called? know who you mean. He's got a skunk hairdo. Yeah, he? him. He's horrible in that, but mm. that's because he is what Peter was, and mm. and they are, it's that whole like not living in reality. Mm. Um, and treat everybody however you want to treat and them. And there's no consequences. No, I think not that's, at all. That's um, a commentary on being a child, isn't it? It's it's fun and games and no consequences mm-hmm. kind of thing. And the thing is well, with... until someone loses a hand. <laughs> yes. yes. And the um, thing is with the Wendy character, she's the one who's going through the should she grow up, shouldn't she grow up. She's all about consequences all the time. She She just keeps repeating this will happen if we do this. And that's the difference between the characters. I think Peter Pan's the reason I wasn't interested in it growing up. Mm. I was an indoorsy kid. I wanted to sit inside and draw pictures. And this sort of adventurous, rough boy did not appeal to me. Mm. Yeah. This yeah. naughty boy. 
But really, it's not about him, is it? When I think of it, I think of the three children. He's like a catalyst to get them there and and to get Hook behaving the way Hook's behaving, but it's not his story, really. True. And discuss. I, I agree. No, I just agree. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing to, <laughs> to discuss. I could elaborate on it. Go on, then. Well, that's what you do. You, you do that better than me, Chris. I just fly in with uh, wild opinions uh, <laughs> and you don't really back them up correctly. Yeah. I'm glad you recognise this in yourself. Yeah, it's Ewing. important. That it's you my know. role. That's my role. I'm doing stupid voices. This is how you grow. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we need you. So... Um, and the boy who never grew up. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry go on. Yeah, we we kind of skimmed over the um, the racist racist trope then, didn't we? Um, it's It's a difficult one, this, because in so many ways... The Indians that they're portraying are the cowboys and Indians, and you could say that they're being just as discriminatory against pirates or cowboys or, you know, anything like that. But that group of people is a race of people compared to anything else. This this is... But it's yeah. play acting. I, I have a big issue with this. Yeah. I, and I, the issue for me in this in the current climate is we know that when Disney Plus comes... They're going to cut out the the uh, crows yep. from Dumbo. Song of the South is nowhere to be seen, and this film's going to remain untouched. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why, because to me, the way that the the uh, Native Americans are treated within this, in some respects, is worse than what we get in Song of the South. It's not. It's not a group of. I of, think so. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not a group of Native Americans playing these it's parts. They haven't written the songs. Worse, they haven't. A lot know, worse than Dumbo. I think the very positive characters in Dumbo and these are not at all. Really not. And, yeah. and it, it was uncomfortable for me to watch. Mm. So, it, And it's one of those things for me why I try to think about the story and what positives I can pull from it. And it's a great adventure story and there's so many good things. But this is a quarter of the film pretty much we're talking about here that is really, really uncomfortable to watch. Mm. Really uncomfortable. Um, and... It make it really, really colours it in a bad way for I'm me. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and and bear in mind I am totally with you, Chris. But if you don't look at this from a Walt Disney perspective, if you look at it from a James Barry pers- perspective, who was a Scottish Edwardian, uh, Red Indians, to use that term, Native Americans were a they were he probably had seen pictures of them. They were a myth. They weren't real people with, not to him, presumably, with communities and dynamics. And he he didn't live in the country where there was genocide and any of that. They, he lived in Scotland but in the he, Edwardian time. Did he write what made the red man red? That is very good point. I, I understand where you're coming from. And yes, that you know the story was written a long time ago. That's mm. why you update things. Yeah. The problem is that in the 50s, this was an acceptable stereotype to use yeah just like uh song of the south was was seen as acceptable at the time that that was well it wasn't really but in in some respects was seen as an acceptable thing to have done and i I genuinely find it really really difficult it 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 fights with me i'm I'm fighting Mm. myself internally it made me more sort of just roll my eyes and think oh come on what are you doing yeah 
Mm. I, there's not really much more to say about it. I, I don't understand why this is seen as acceptable now yeah. when uh, when Song of the South, um, you can't watch it. I don't understand that. I would like to hear a Disney executive executive justify it, just out of interest, because mm. they, they must have an argument. And I think there are arguments to be made. Like I say, it's, it's very much... Um, child's play and they are child child's play Indians um, as opposed to actual living breathing human beings but then is that the problem well yeah maybe. Mm, awkward other things that have been updated which shouldn't have been is uh, like Tinkerbell I hate what they've done with the character of Tinkerbell in later years they've just completely uh what have they done to her? They've MTV'd her. They've got rid of her attitude. Yeah, she was yeah. so sassy, and I love the, the the character of her in this film. How jealous she is, and I mean, she's a little tinker, isn't she? Mm. And yeah. uh, if you've if you've seen any of the latest uh, Tinkerbell offerings, she's well, it's a different character. She's just a bland female mm. fairy. She's got she's got nothing about her. She no. always does the right thing. She's she's very level headed. Boring. And they do make <laughs> yeah. Thing is, you know this pettiness that's about her, this pettiness and this jealousy and these moods and that that's all part of her personality. And also, it gives a bit of an arc as well because then she can come to the rescue at the end and yeah, not, not you know not be selfish. And also, yeah. we've got this idea of fairies as have been very angelic, literally angelic, flying little things who offer you gifts. But to have one who's flawed and mardy is really lovely, I think. But and and that's how she's she's played in the in the play as well. She's supposed mm-hmm. to have attitude. She's she's a sidekick. That's what she is. She's she's not she's not just some little you know airy fairy. <laughs> that's not what she is. But yeah. Do you know which character I love? Smee. Smee. I really love Smee. Droopy dog. And yeah. I really love it when he pulls up his jumper and he's got mother written on his chest. <laughs> Bless him. I like how dependent Hook is on Smee. Whenever Hook's in trouble, he's constantly screaming yeah, for Smee. Yeah. Smee! Yeah, Smee! yeah, yeah. Like, Smee's, Smee's his sort of mother figure. Yeah, he is. Completely is, yeah. It's sort of sweet, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely. <laughs> Where would one be without the other, eh? I like the way um, I like the way Hook moves. I like um, I like the backstory he's got already. He comes in with this missing hand. Yeah. Peter Pan's lobbed off and fed to a crocodile. Um, yeah, I was quite, yeah, it's, I was quite it, taken with Hook. I, I, he, I found him quite watchable. He must be the only Disney character so far to commit cold-blooded murder though you know when that guy's singing on the ship at the beginning <laughs> yeah i mean that that's you know that's homicide he's mm. great though isn't it and like he's uh yeah the, the the crocodile with a ticking clock it's just just following him around like i don't know his own inevitable doom just counting down it's just an interesting uh, character is hook he is a great character yeah i, I like the crocodile. Villain. i like the crocodile drumming his fingers on the water just waiting you'll fall in here eventually yeah and he's got this I'll look on his face all you know all, all along that says i will get you yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just a matter of when <laughs> i feel like he's uh there's almost a, a film in itself that could be there about about the crocodile mm. plotting and everything seeing it from a different perspective but it's a funny film isn't it yeah. yeah. It's funny. You know, the shaving of the bird when uh, Smee's giving Hook a shave. 
but yeah, he's actually, great, but that? there's a bird on top of his head, so he starts shaving and that then he thinks his stick. head's gone. <laughs> you know, he, he slaps some aftershave on it. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's lost his head, and then he finds it, and he yeah. tries to pull it out of the barrel or whatever it is. And the bird's no idea, so yeah. he flies off, <laughs> and he notices it's a naked backside. Brilliant. I like the mermaids oh, they, they love Peter Pan. Yeah. I, I don't like the mermaids. Why? I think it's it makes me it makes me just cringe as that whole scene. I knew um, something was amiss with them as soon as they appeared. I thought, I bet this goes dark, mm. and then you were going to say what they say, it, weren't you? Which made us laugh. We were only trying to drown her. <laughs> That's the bit that it's not the mermaids themselves. It's just that line yeah, and that yeah. idea that I really like. It's chilling. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is massively jealous women. Well, mer women. Yeah, it's yet another fairly negative female. But you know what? I mean, this is the 50s. Let's not kid ourselves that they were able to subscribe to our sensibilities now. Mm -hmm. It was a different time. Yeah, yeah, true. I don't think I've got much else to say on the story. I I found it really fun and adventurous. Um, It's a great yarn. Mm, We haven't talked about the two boys. I mean, what brilliant characters to have an eight-year-old with a top hat because he wants (laughs) to... And again, it's that childishness and adulthood because he's another child who acts really adult. He's got some funny funny lines. uh, You know, like, John, you be the leader. I shall try to be worthy of my post. Mm. (laughs) And um, He's great. When... Uh, when Michael uh, was being an Indian and he took his onesie off to the waist and then tied it round the waist to make his little outfit, and um, he's just dead cute, isn't putting he? Putting the cannonball in his teddy. Oh, he's he's perfect. He's lovely. I love that the the uh, map is on uh, on the dad's uh, shirt front. Yeah. And they won't find it, and he's like wearing it. I love the mum's reaction to the dad. It's so. She's not patronising or scolding, but it's that attitude of someone who's been married for 15 years. You know, it's just so accepting and... You've got a question why they uh, allow their children to be looked after by a dog, though, don't you? Well, or nobody. Because when they lock the dog outside and then they leave him for their party, they say, are you sure they'll be okay without Nana? Are you saying there's nobody else in the house? No. And you're leaving three children to be kidnapped by a fairy? Yeah, and and originally in the... in the story, in the storyboards, Nana went with them to Neverland, didn't she? Mm. Mm. She did. I love Nana. Are. We haven't talked about Nana. You chuckled when she pushed, she gave that plate a little extra shove with her ear at the start. It's just all of it. All through that opening scene, um, the she, she's tidying up the bed and yeah. she's pouring medicine and it goes, it <laughs> like punctuates everything and I just love it. And I like it, it when, uh, when, the, when the dad knocks the bricks over and she's just tidied them up. And then she angrily bats them. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, because she comes in and like, sees one of them out of place or something and picks it up and puts it back yeah. on before he comes in, doesn't she? Yeah. And uh, again, on the ride... She... Well, she makes a whole castle out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly in the Disneyland Paris one, she's the first thing you see as you start the ride, mm. sort of waving you off through the window. Oh, I love that ride. I, I do. It's a good ride. Um, I just don't see why it's that popular. Like, it's only because it's slow loading. It's I was literally going to say exactly the same thing. I think that's I don't think it's more yeah, popular. If I saw things. a queue that big, I'd go somewhere else. Yeah, just, but people just want to just join that queue. We did it for a one-off when we went. We thought we'd, we'd waited all week and we just thought, right, come on. We've we only ever gone on it when Bonnie's been dressed up, so we've yeah. got straight onto it. Mm. Which is yeah, we've yeah. said this loads of times, yeah. but uh, you know, you get uh, straight into the fast pass queue at Disneyland Paris if you're dressed like Tinkerbell. Mm. 
Anyway, we will talk about that on our new Disneyland Paris show. Ooh, nice plug. Yeah, I plugged it. Check it on iTunes under 37 Disney Street. Let's move on to the animation then. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on, yeah, go on. You've well, you, you your purpose then. Um, well, it, I was quite struck straight away with how how uh, high... The, hang on, that's not a good way of putting it. I was struck straight away with the character animation and just how good it was. It's just a real cut above. The yeah. the, the way the characters are animated is pretty top-notch. Completely And I haven't that. seen anything that good since Song of the South. Because yeah. I, I raved about the animation. Yeah, in you that, did. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Ca- the character animation, mm. and in this, it's just—it's incredible. I, I agree. I, I also, I, the thing that struck me was was the backgrounds. How how we've kind of come back again to some really brilliant, lovely, detailed backgrounds. The whole of London and stuff when they're flying away is oh, fantastic. Yeah. Skull Island, um, you know, and, and Neverland, some of those scenes are just super. I, I know think... it's not animation, but it's 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 the setting, and we haven't seen backgrounds like that since Bambi, not not of that kind of level. I think the whole image of um, Neverland with the, the solid rainbows, you know, the ribbon-style rainbows... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just magical, absolutely yeah. magical. But I found it interesting that when they go to the Mermaid Lagoon, um, the backgrounds become quite non-detailed and watercoloured and a bit sort of smoky and watery. And as they walk out of the Mermaid Lagoon, you can literally see the backgrounds becoming crisper. Mm. Little details like that really add to your feel for a place. Um. I hate to have to bring it up again, but when you talk about great character animation, part of that decision in that character animation was to uh, create a load of Native Americans looking the way that they did. Yeah. Which I don't think without helps eyes. again. <laughs> without eyes and big noses. Mm-hmm. And giant heads, some of them. Yeah, yeah. Like ridiculous heads. I know it's uh, a cartoon, but uh, I don't know. It's just they were almost sort of treated like inhuman with those characters. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not Not... Good at all. Oh, it's awkward. It, it, <laughs> it is a bit awkward. Uh, but then, uh, Crocodile Superb. Do you know, uh, it was directed by Jack Kinney. Um, and he'd been considering leaving Disney to go to MGM, who had just started their own animation department. Hmm. And so Walt Disney gave him this job of directing Peter Pan to sort of like locking lock him down. Right. But six months into production, they had a two-and-a-half-hour storyboard meeting in which um, Jack Kinney presented his storyboards, presented um, directions that were going, showed concept art, and Walt Disney sat silently throughout all of it and then at the end went, do you know, I've been thinking a lot about Cinderella. (laughs) So you can kind of see why Jack Kinney was keen to leave. He did finish the project, though. And, um, yeah, one of the greatest films so far in many ways I, I think he should be quite proud of what he what he's created from the material that he's pulled together but mm. but, but again the, the flaws are still there but I, yeah. I don't want to dwell on it but just for me everything just comes back to this this bit like a lot more than, than Song of the South did but just it, yeah everything just comes back to it for me I think you've got a very valid point with their decision to put it on Disney Plus but I just got to keep saying it was a different time in history it was pre-civil rights. I'm, it I'm was... maybe not questioning that time in history. Maybe I'm 
questioning this time in history and yeah. what is acceptable yeah. uh, or considered acceptable um, in terms of yeah. why does this go racial profile free pass yeah. what does that say about the treatment of certain groups of people yeah oh you know what just to be critical for a second about the animation is I was missing some of the depth I've come to enjoy from Snow White and Bambi yeah mm. wasn't quite there the character animation great but I think that was at the cost of some of the some of the depth the, the finer detail and stuff mm. yeah I know what you mean but as I've kind of appointed myself accounts manager in retrospect for the um, Walt Disney Company <laughs> They came at a cost, did those films. Pinocchio in particular, you know, it's got 100% scores on critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. But the um, the cost, the financial cost of that level of detail, and it nearly bankrupted him. Mm-hmm. And at this point in history, they're just trying to get the legs back. And I think it proves that you can get the the story and the effect and the emotional response without necessarily... Yeah, but just to take it at face value, you know, mm. I, I don't sort of watch it thinking, well, I'll excuse this because they're not doing financially at the best at the moment. You know, that, well, I, I don't, yeah. I don't care about that. I just think, you know, there's something not not quite as uh, you know accomplished as some of the earlier films. Yeah. Mary um, Blair made a comeback. Sorry, Chris. No, no, it's all right. Go, go. You talk yeah. about Mary Blair. That's fine. Well, no, she just she did some of the concept art for right, okay. some of the backgrounds, and again, you can see it in the in. Netherlands. Not, not as heavily as you got from from no. Alice, but yeah, there's definitely yeah bits there. Um, I I really like the characterization of the actors in in Bobby Driscoll as Peter Pan and and uh, whatever her name is playing Wendy. You can see them in those characters, and you, particularly with Peter Pan, he he looks an awful lot like Bobby Driscoll. Um, Margaret Kerry, who played who did the live action modeling for Tinkerbell, mm. um, she actually monetized that quite a lot later in life she wrote books about it oh right she didn't do like kinky dances no no um yeah she capitalized on it and she she wrote books about it she did appearances about it she became quite famous as tinkerbell um but bobby driscoll did the close-up live action reference material but it was actually mary kerry's dance teacher let me look roland dupree who did all the the Decree. long shots. So it was a male dancer on on a string, who did a lot of the um, physical references for Peter Pan. I was uh, Tinkerbell's body, <laughs> so you'll slip another fiver into me pants, and I'll show you a little bit of fairy dust. Oh, good God! <laughs> um, speaking of Tinkerbell. I really like how she's animated. When you get close up, she's a very nice character, but when she's not, and it's just a movement and everything, yes, the way it she's moves around, a, it's great. She's just a ball of light. Yeah, it's mm. just, it's, it works I, really well. I couldn't figure out how they did the glow around her, the golden glow. Mm. Um, it's some kind of effect, because I thought, well, is that sort of airbrushed on? But it couldn't have been, it was too neat. Um, so the, the, there's some uh, there's some jiggery-pokery going on there. No, they did a... They did a a similar thing in Snow White with the candles that she was carrying up the stairs and I remember talking about it and telling you guys how they did it and now I can't remember. Are you accusing us of not listening? I'm accusing me of not listening to myself. No, well, I, I remember you talking about this. I remember somebody talking about something along these lines and yeah. uh, I can't remember what it was either. I was too busy thinking about what I was going to say next. If any of you listen to the podcast and know what it is we said, would you mind letting us know, please? Thank then you, you. get full marks yeah. for revising. Absolutely. 
Speaking of our listeners, uh, some some are getting quite nervous when we announce we're doing a film because I think it's because recently we were so critical of Cinderella. Well, mm. not all of us, but you know there was some criticism, and uh, some people have seen the table recently, the rankings table, and Toy Story Four is so low down on it. Um, like for example, when we st- when we announced we were doing Alice um, Victoria, yeah, one of our uh, um, frequent uh, contributors, uh, she's a victorious one ninety two. That's one O N E. Yeah, she was very nervous about us doing Alice. Mm. Yes. Um, and has there been any any of that with Peter Pan? I've not heard anything with the, of that with Peter Pan as yet. Maybe people aren't quite as protective of it, but um, but maybe they will when we I, mention that it's that I, we're doing it. I do like that we're making some people a bit nervous. <laughs> no I, real complaints about the table yet, though. Well, I someone said we did some, we had some hot takes on there. Yeah. Did you see that? It's not a take, though, is it? When we're grading it the way that we are, yeah, it's just off, right. I, I think our scores are right. Going off subject <laughs> to talk about this table, I myself, as a member of this team, are genuinely surprised at <laughs> the lay of the land sometimes because yeah. we don't agree no. and we neutralise each other's scores. Um, someone might give it really high, someone might give it low. Somebody can be utterly brutal about a film and. So it doesn't end up where you think it's going to end up, but I think that's what makes it so fair, really. Yeah, we were all genuinely shocked when Bambi went to the top of the table. We were. But yeah. And it's none of our favourite film. And you look at the, that table now, though, I'm finding it hard to understand where anything's going to break into that top five. Um, and maybe we'll find as we get into the Renaissance period, as we get into like the more modern films, that, that they will. But I've watched some Disney films recently and thought to myself, when we get to this, it's going to be tens across the board with me. Interesting. Is that was that Siri? Sorry, my um, Google just um, picked up on you. Will find the Renaissance period as we getting more uh, to the more modern films. It picked up on that phrase and just decided to do a search. Interesting. Oh. I didn't ask it to. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Go away, Google. It's Google. It's Google. Hello, hello, hello. All right. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Nice to see you. Yeah, I thought I'd just pop round and see what you're up to. Are you doing another podcast? We are, as it happens. Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? I'm Susie. I'm a hairdresser and a singer and a little bit of an actress. I also like to do a bit of YouTube in my time. I'm also a huge Disney fan. In fact, me, Lucy and Hugh went to Leeds to enter a competition once. It was a quiz, a Disney competition, and we were robbed. I think we came second by like a couple of marks. So unfair. Also, we'd usually ask some uh, quickfire questions now. What do you think about that? Okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Favourite Disney character? The genie. Favourite animated Disney film? Mm, mm, Wreck-It Ralph. Favourite Disney song? Bless my soul, Herc was on a roll. Uh, Zero to Hero (laughs) from Hercules. What Disney film did you watch most as a child? Probably The Little Mermaid. I know it word for word. It's ingrained into my brain. Lion King or Little Mermaid? Um, Little Mermaid, obviously. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Dopey. Who's your favourite supporting character? Mooshu. What's your favourite non-animated Disney film? Homeward Bound. Love it. Anna or Elsa? Anna, obviously. Favourite villain? Ooh, Hades or Gaston or Iago. Sorry, can't pick one. Favourite princess? Mulan. She's awesome. She kicks butt. Star Wars or Marvel? Um, I don't really know anything about either of them, but BB-8 is quite cute, so I'll say Star Wars. Donald, Goofy or Mickey? Donald. Disney or Pixar? Disney. Most memorable Disney moment? Was 
probably tricking my husband to go on Expedition Everest at Disney World. Uh, we told him it was quite a mild roller coaster. <laughs> it wasn't scary. He was literally green when he came off and said he'd never trust any of us ever again. It was just hilarious. And obviously the fireworks um, cried my heart out throughout the whole thing. It's just so emotional. Oh, going to set me off crying now. And that's it. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, or Suze, A-W-W-S-U-Z-E. Yeah, bit of a funny one. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Well, shall we move on to music then? Yep. Yep. Uh, interesting little factoid. The um, the melody for Second Star to the Right was originally written for Alice in yes. Wonderland. And, so it was uh, Never Smile at a Crocodile, which isn't actually in the, the film no, the song. Not. The melody is, but not but the, the melody's there. Yeah. The melody's there, but the lyrics aren't. The mm. lyrics came later when they released the album, I think. Huh. Mm. I don't think there's a great deal to talk about with the music. No. It, there's it, only sort of about four main songs, really. Yeah, and, the, and it's really, for me, it's really taken a jump backwards in in style we've we've yeah. the last couple of films we've had some really nice style of music it's been a bit different and now i feel like the music's gone back to that classic kind of yeah but you know if you look at um you can fly you can fly you can fly the way it comes in with the dialogue and the dialogue continues through two thirds of that film um the rhythm of the speaking sometimes doesn't even work as a song mm. but it it works so well within the actual film and yeah, yeah. that feeling of flying. Oh, that flying across London is just one of the most heartwarming scenes ever and that song fits it perfectly. So no, I don't think I would listen to it in the car or on my headphones, but it's fab. Second, oh, sorry, go Have you heard a bit, bit about Batman in, the, in that no. song? No. This was something I, I found on a, a YouTube video a few months ago and I laughed for about 10 minutes solid. So this is all queued up, is it? Yeah, it should be. Lucy queued it up for me. Um, the line is, think of Batman pooping snakes. You ready? <laughs> we might have... I don't know what the words are now. I genuinely have no idea. I think it's something about a path that moonbeams make. Think of paths that moonbeams make, I think. It's very hard to say, whatever it is. But <laughs> th- think of Batman pooping snakes is uh, much easier to say. That is beautiful. And Thank that, you so much for sharing that. Dear listeners, that. we'll stay with you for the rest of your life. Um, So my thoughts on the music are, I really like... um. <laughs> well, I don't know what do I are really you going like? to talk about how uncomfortable wise the red man red makes you it does make me feel uncomfortable yeah. Tell me, yeah. So, yeah okay let's go with that let's start yeah. with that yes it makes me uncomfortable do you it, remember, it, it, no I agree do you remember when we talked about Song of the South yeah and 
I marked it down, not because the animation, because the animation on its, in its own right was great, and not because the music, because the music was great, but I marked down the story mm-hmm. because I had to put those... I had to do something yeah. as an activist or whatever um, yeah. to, sh- to show that I wasn't happy with that, and that was the best place for it to sit. With this film, it sits across all three <laughs> elements of the film, and therefore it has to suffer as a result of it. Not to give too much away, but mm. but this is the thing. We've talked we didn't just talk about it in the in the story and that's done. We've brought it up in every single element. And and it, that's not good. That's not a good thing. Do you think then while we're talking about the Disney Plus, it is it's a matter of convenience for them to ignore how bad it is because there are some films that you could edit, like Fantasia, where they've edited out some very questionable things. There are some films that you can just forget about because people aren't really into them, like Song of the South. But this is an absolute Disney staple. You couldn't edit it out because, like you say, you would lose a third of the it's film. It's part of the story, yeah. And so everyone has just gone, you know, conveniently deaf. Um, no, I think you hit the nail on the head um, when we were talking about that, the animation. That never happens. I know. I, I, I think if you look at the other things that have been edited... And uh, what people that that um, prejudice was aimed at, there's a parity, and this isn't those people. Yeah. Um, which is makes it more uncomfortable for me because I don't like talking about this sort of stuff. No. It makes me uncomfortable, but uh, it it just raises this question of is this is this seen as acceptable because they're Native Americans? Yes. Is the that, that's that's what it seems like to me. That's that's what it feels like to me. If if you can look at a film like Song of the South and say that is not acceptable because of this situation, then you should be looking at a film like Peter Pan and saying exactly the same. You'll thing. find the same a similar thing around East Asians and things because they're not seen as victims in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a bit more open to ridicule. But I mean, you know, Native Americans are victims <laughs> on a large are, yeah. scale, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Um, but apart from that, I like the, the music and I think it fits really, really well. I think there's a nice theme going through it all. I like You Can Fly, um, the second star to the right. They're, they're nice songs, they're Disney staples, but you're right. I wouldn't sit and listen to them. I wouldn't choose to listen to any of these songs. The only real song that I like in it is Never Smile at a Crocodile and it isn't actually in it. I always go from uh, You Can Fly into uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, interesting. You you can fly, 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 you can fly. Have you ever tried to... What's the composer called? Um, John Williams. John Williams. Have you ever tried to go from one film to the next with John Williams? Because that's quite interesting. I'm not bad at it. Go on then. Yeah, Indiana Jones goes nice. Shout them out. Star Wars. Superman. <laughs> That's difficult because they are so similar. Yeah. <laughs> fun game, listeners. Fun game. Also, have you ever give, um, written lyrics to uh, to theme tunes? Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna. Oh, that's a Saturday Night Live sketch I'm thinking of. The one that goes Star Wars, everything Star Wars. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, I, we used to do it to uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I'm getting cool. way off now. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We're, we're not even talking about Disney films. Hey ho, kids! It's Mario. We're having fun in all kinds of weather. 
Hey, oh kids, it's Mario. We'll get along like birds of a feather. Nice. <laughs> we were only young. Yes. I think, do you know what? That's been a mighty short one, but I yeah. think we might have uh, reached the end of our... I agree, yeah. Any, any favourite bits? Um, I've, I've mentioned all mine as we were to- talking. I think I have Nana, Smee, Crocodile. Yeah, Crocodile and Smee probably for me too, I think. Following the lead is quite nice. The, the bit at the end with the window and the and the boat. Yeah, the boat. Yeah, the cloud of the boat flying the across ship. the moon is beautiful. Yeah, mm. yeah. Go on then, tell us about IMDb. I know you haven't got them. No, I have. Ooh. I have. That's what I was doing upstairs when you arrived. Yeah, Nothing yeah. suspicious at all. Um, so, let me have a look. IMDb has given it 7.3. Mm-hmm. Do you know, we're getting a bit of a theme with these... The last five or six have all been around that three-quarter mark, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And then Rotten Tomatoes, both the critics and the audience, gave it 80%. Interesting. So, let's have a look at the story, then. Who wants to go first? Hugh? I'll go first. Um, I gave it an eight. Ooh. Because um, it's, you know, yeah, it's a well-rounded story. It's got some good themes running through it. I thought it was decent. Um, I'll give it a, a solid eight. Cool. Lucy? I... <laughs> She's crossing out seven. I am going to give it a nine. Nine. Um, the, I, I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> what you're going to say. <laughs> no, what you're saying about the racist element. However, thinking about it, I think I'm going to make concessions in the other areas because of the way they're animated. Um, I think story-wise, it is uh, someone they're playing a game with. I, I don't think the story is the problem. I think it's the portrayal that's more the problem. And because I loved the journey of Wendy and the boys and the parents, I'm going to stick with my gut instinct, which is this is beautiful, and give it a nine. Interesting. Mm. Well, as you all remember, I gave Song of the South a one for story. Yeah. And if I wasn't taking all this stuff into account, I quite honestly would have given this film a ten for story. So yeah, uh, this is quite difficult for me. Now, as I said before, I don't think I can give it a one because I, in, in this case, I, I completely agree with you, Lucy. I think that some of this has to come from the other elements and probably more of it. So I'm going to give the story a midway five, I think. Animation. Chris, back at you. Well, I would say uh, they're some of the most memorable Disney characters in this film, and that's uh, pretty ace. Um, I love the I love Bobby Driscoll um, as Peter Pan and that visual of him. I think that's great. I love the crocodile, um, the hook, and Smee. Obviously, we've talked about them. Um, there's some really beautiful visuals in the backgrounds and stuff. Skull Island, Neverland, London. Um, uh, but. There's also Native Americans, and um, it's really, 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 really bad. <laughs> but I can't. It's difficult to criticize the people who've done the drawings for their ability to create those animations because they are great. But at some point, they've thought this is an acceptable way to portray someone, and that's really not good. So I'm going to give the animation a four. Yep. Um, I'm going to echo everything you've just said. And I'm going to give it a six. I've also docked it down from probably a nine. 
Interesting. For the same reason, I just haven't gone quite <clears throat> as low. Solidarity, sister. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to mark it on the sort of technical merits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've given it an eight because the actual character animation mm. is massively accomplished. Um, but, you know, it doesn't get like a ten or anything because, you know, I'm just missing that uh, that extra, you know... Je ne sais quoi. Bit of class and, or, you know, innovation. Mm-hmm. Bit of that. So I've given it an eight. Music, Lucy. Music. Um, similar thing. Some strong songs, but not my favourite songs. The work within the film. And then there's the problem of the Red Man. So it's a six again. Red Man's not even a good song, though. So no, it's not. <laughs> to begin with, so... It's not. Um... I always think, when I think of this, I always think that I'm an Indian too is the song that they sing. You know how Tavana get your gun. Oh yeah, when well, you you brought that up in yeah Alice didn't you? But it's a totally different song and a mm. different film. But in my head, that's and that's a much better song. You know, for a racist song, it's much better. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So for me, for music, um, what I've put is there's only a couple of songs. There's only a handful of songs, but. They're quite iconic songs, um, like Second Star to the Right, You Can Fly, Following the Leader. They're all songs that we've you've sung at one point or another and and, and heard over and over again. The Crocodile Sims, great. The Pirates music is great. Um, it's all beautifully orchestrated. Um, uh, oh, what was I going to say? I, I, oh, yeah, I, I think, and I didn't mention this before, that unlike Alice, where there was so much music and the singing involved in it kind of helped pull the story along. That wasn't necessary in this and that's why there weren't as many songs in it. The, the, it was very plot forward, story forward film and therefore the music wasn't as essential in that kind of way so it was more orchestral and I didn't mind that and I thought it was great and I probably would have given this um, an 8 or a 9 um, but I'm going to give it a 5. <laughs> uh, I'm the opposite to you. I don't find these songs particularly memorable at all or iconic because I'm less familiar with yeah, it than, yeah, yeah. than you guys maybe. So, um, and actually, I think some of it's like I found "Follow My Leader" a bit annoying, uh, <laughs> musically quite dull. Uh, there's the iconic "You Can Fly," but even that's not particularly brilliant to me. So I've gone for "Middle of the Road" five. Mm-hmm. Although I do like the uh, Batman pooping snakes. <laughs> Would you like to know how it did at the box office? Interesting. Mm. Go on then. Well, I've kind of uh, been teasing you with the history up to now, so what do you think? Winner Uh, or loser? Well, most of the films have been losers, haven't they? So I'm going to go with that. Winner. It was a massive... Success. Stinking... Success. Success. I guess it was a popular story anyway, wasn't it? So it probably... That probably helped it. It had a lot of exposure mm. by going to film festivals, which I don't think he'd taken other films to film festivals. It made, it grossed £7 million, uh, and it had a £4 million budget. So, I mean, you can sense inflation here because up to now, um, Pinocchio was the biggest budget, and that yeah. was £2.5 So this doesn't feel like that at all. No, no, no. But it has made a three three million pound grow, um, profit there. Oh, well done, Disney. I think that deserves a round of applause. It does. Well done, finally. So, should we find out what the kids thought then? Sure. We've just watched Peter Pan. Right at the start, Peter Pan goes to Wendy's house to get his shadow back. And when he gets there, all the kids wake up, drawn 
Wendy and I can't remember the other one's name and Peter Pan gets Tinkerbell to help them and they fly all the way to Neverland. But there's some naughty pirates and the captain is called Captain Hook. Captain Hook plays on the piano while Tinkerbell is captured. So they have adventures. The whistle of spies and they really wanted to go home and they, they were always wondering, like, they were like, what's a mother? And then she sang that song, that's my favourite. And they meet mermaids, try to get Tiger Lily back, fights Captain Hook. The crocodile tried to eat him and... Peter Pan gets his shadow back. Wendy was going to fall into the sea, but Peter Pan caught her. And she takes Wendy, John and the other kid that can't remember his name, back to the house. Then Peter Pan flies away. The end. My favourite character was Peter Pan. Is this my favourite? My favourite character is Peter Pan because... I like how, like, when he has fights with Captain Hook, he, like, has a tiny sword and Captain Hook has a big sword, but he normally wins. And Peter Pan calls Captain Hook a codfish. Tinkerbell's rude. My favourite song is... We're following the leader, the leader, the leader. We're following the leader, wherever he may go. Diddy, diddy. My favourite song was the Mother song. My favourite bit was the bits when Peter Pan fights Captain Hook. In Disneyland Paris, um, there's Adventure Island and there's the School Rock, and that was in Peter Pan. I would give it a 4 out of 5. I give it a 4 out of 5. Think about my pooping snakes. Smith! So that gives us a total of 64. 64, is that the same as Dumbo? 64 is the same as Cinderella. Cinderella, oh. Interesting. I'm sad because I think that that could be a lot, lot higher, but I think we did the right thing. (laughs) We did the right thing. Do you know, just to summarise, because I said at the start I was going to decide once and for all whether I liked this or not. Um, (laughs) It's quite tricky because when it started, I thought, uh, in the first couple of scenes, I thought, I'm really, really enjoying this, especially with the animation mm-hmm. stuff. And as it went on, um, I still enjoyed it, but it just my interest waned just just a little bit as it went on. So I've ended up overall, you know, I'd give it maybe a seven. Yeah. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm not, you know, I'm not a lover of it, but uh, I did enjoy it way more than I thought. And uh, I think from now on, when I think of Peter Pan, I'll think of him with fondness. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's Cry Factor. I initially gave the uh, Cry Factor score of two for this, but um, as we've discussed it, you, you know there are some tender moments. There's there's almost a sad moment when Tinkerbell uh, Tinkerbell is injured and Peter Pan says, uh, "I don't believe in fairies." She means more to him than anything. Yeah. Um, it's quite beautiful when the ship turns gold. And then at the end with the dad. I did an yeah. actual cry at the end. Yeah. An Aww. actual little well, tear. I've upped it to three. A cry factor of three. Three teardrops. That sounds like this. See if I can get them all in a row. No, you don't even have to edit that one this time, yeah. do you? 
Well, it's time for us to finally grow up, so uh, we'll guess we'll see you next time. I've been Chris Fletcher. See you later. I've been Lucy Rain. See you soon. And I'm still thinking about Batman pooping snakes. I'm Hugh. See you later. Good night, children. <laughs> I forgot I said good night, children. Yeah, we That's right, that was good.